What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the DudeCast. My name is Garrett Carlson. I'm the CEO and founder of DudeFluencer.com. I am stoked about this week's episode, but before we begin, I just want to make a note about a project that's really important to me. For the past year, I've been studying men, masculinity, listening to podcasts, doing research, interviewing people, and all of that knowledge has come together for one platform, and that's the Become a Dudefluencer program. It's a community of dudes who are going to challenge you and push you to be better than ever before. And I'm going to show you how to harness the power of courage, communication, and community anytime you need it using science-based research, hands-on activities, and a team to hold you accountable. We've got weekly live team meetings, daily challenges, and a whole bunch of exciting other stuff that I can't wait to share with you. Signing up is easy. Just visit dudefluencer.com and fill out the information. And as soon as we launch, you'll be the first to know. Sometimes fate just brings like-minded people together. Today's guest is Ronak, the creator of Serendip, an awesome platform designed to bring people together and crush loneliness. Obviously, our messages are deeply aligned, so it was an absolute pleasure chatting with him about community building, friendship, and vulnerability. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am virtually sitting across from my new friend Ronak today. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well, Garrett. Thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. I, I feel really lucky that uh, I went into my Facebook Messenger and I happened to see just this invitation uh, to chat from a company called Serendip. And after doing a little bit of research on both of our ends, we realized that we have very similar goals. So before we get too far ahead of things, can you tell us a little bit about what Serendip is? Completely, yeah. No, for sure, and I appreciate the introduction. Um, you know, what is Serendip? Ultimately, our mission statement is to uh, end loneliness by providing you with a strong sense of belonging. And uh, we're a product that is a social wellness platform that connects you with new people in your area who share your core values. Um, And this is all uh, in an attempt to allow you to explore new friendships in your local area. So how would, when someone signs up for this platform, how would someone find those people with shared values? Okay, so how it works is uh, we're on iOS and Android, and you would download the product. And firstly, I guess you have the intent to meet new people. Then we ask you a few very simple questions. Uh, These questions specifically ignore and push aside social constructs. So we do not ask questions regarding ethnicity, nationality, religion, or political alignment. And instead, get to the core of who you really are and what you really value by exploring your core value system. And then, very simply, uh, we connect you with people in your proximal area because we believe it's important to eventually meet with these people. Um, And we connect you with people who share your sense of reality, uh, who view the world with a similar set of eyes. You see, if if you've ever been to a a cocktail party or a a mutual birthday drinks for the first time and you meet someone for the first time, uh, it rarely happens, but sometimes does when you meet someone for the first time and you just sort of, you just click. And 
it's difficult to articulate why you click, uh, but it can certainly be felt. And we'd probably all argue it's a fairly desirable uh, feeling. And it's, we would say what it is, is it's quite a serendipitous encounter. Um, there's a serendipity going on there. It's a happy accident. And that's exactly what we aim to uh, systematize and fabricate within the product, uh, allow you to have those happy accidents all the time. And you can talk through really meaningful icebreakers and meaningful questions that really try to elicit vulnerability, uh, which is a key aspect in building a friendship. I love that. Uh, so one of the things that I picked up on was it sounds like the online platform is kind of just the start for people where it might be easier for them to engage in those more meaningful, deep conversations. But it sounds like the plan is for those people to eventually meet up and kind of form a community in person as well. A hundred percent. You know, something that's exactly it. And you really hit the nail on the head there is I feel like at the moment um, in the last few years we've had, and I'm really grateful for things like Facebook. It's how I reached out to you and, and things like Instagram, but they seem to normalize this idea of having thousands of Facebook friends or hundreds of Instagram followers, etc. cetera. Um, and What's true is that actually the real friendships that we have, you know, the person you call at 3 a.m., which is when you're really down in the dumps, those number of real friendships, they're kind of decreasing um, sort of over time in the trend of the last sort of few decades. And it's that we want to sort of reignite, that sort of bilateral intimate friendship that you have with individuals, the kind of person you can call the best man at your wedding or a maid of honor at your wedding, Um it's that kind of depth. And you're absolutely right. You do need to eventually meet up, uh, have conversations with these people, you know, activities and et cetera, because when you're in person, uh, the bandwidth of communication is a lot more richer than virtually or online um, and therefore makes a lot more of a, a fruitful friendship. Absolutely. Um, something that I think is also interesting of note is that I think your service something that it really provides is not only has sort of Facebook and Instagram and social media in general sort of changed the way we look at friendships, but when we get older, something I've noticed is that it's much more difficult to make meaningful friendships. Yeah, I I echo that completely. Um, Personally as well, I've experienced that as well. When you're at you see, most of my lifelong friends, um, and I value them very closely, they were sort of formed through product and circumstance, uh, chance and circumstance. Um, you know, it's those who sort of born in the same year, went to the same school in the same town in the same city and share the same classroom with, okay? And over time, we, we made fantastic bonds uh, with them. And then I went off to university, and it's the people you sort of live with in your first year, Um as a fresher in your sort of your your university accommodation, and also friends from your academic course, um, but I think most people would uh, agree that after your sort of first few weeks at university, it's quite difficult to break in and out of those cliques and groups that are already formed. They tend to be quite sticky after the first few weeks, and then exactly what you say: you graduate, uh, you, you enter the world of work, and you turn twenty-five, you turn thirty. I feel like you make friends at work, but they always tend to be sort of at arm's length um, because you can't always be that vulnerable with them because of professional risk. Uh, And you're right. There's no real good forum to make these intimate, meaningful friendships. And if anything, 
with people moving away uh, with globalization and moving country and seeking for uh, new jobs or education or even moving for love, uh, you may even lose friends as you go older, not definitely not gain them. And that's something that I absolutely love about your mission and the platform itself is that it really does encourage, especially because for Dudefluencer, we focus on masculinity a lot. For men in general, it is exceptionally difficult to be vulnerable. And have you noticed that by using sort of an online platform, it sort of eases a little bit of those uh, I guess, fears of, of being vulnerable? We, we think so. And I, I think we're trying to build that into the design of the product um, from sort of the, the grassroots element of it. We really want to create a system where you feel it's a trusted space, an open space, a place where you can really be yourself uh, and open up to others. And, and I use it regularly. And I have people opening up to me about they've just got out of a, uh, a relationship and they're going through heartbreak or they've just been let go from a role or a job. Um, and I'm sure, you know, many people are suffering a similar sort of heartache. And when it comes to masculinity, sort of when you, you lose your, your ability to win the bread, um, for temporarily anyway, um, it's a real dent into your masculinity, at least from the lens of our current society. And there isn't many good um, forums to talk about it. And with mental health becoming a, an increasingly spoken about trend, um, I think the, the tide's slowly turning, but I think more needs to be done. And I think if you were to go into it um, eyes blind, you may have uh, built the assumption that if you took sort of the, the depth of conversations on our platform um, and product to be more uh, females to have had more deeper and uh, meaningful conversations, etc. Uh, but what I think we're very proud of is that we ran the data, we ran it and analyzed it, and we found that actually men are starting the same number of conversations, they're having the equal depth of conversation uh, and the same length of conversation as, as females. And I think that's um, it's a real testament to the ability for men to open up. I think everyone can and, and everyone wants to, but sometimes it's not always um, a done thing or a suitable thing, perhaps, uh, seemingly so. So I think we're trying to build that in the design of the product, and I think it's working. I think that data shows that that men do find it uh, an open place which they can be themselves. That is, that's wonderful. And so something that I'm really interested about is what inspired you to start Serendip and this project? Suffering from the problem. Um, I graduated from university and, you know, it was, it was a phenomenal time. I had such great friendships um, and then I entered the world of work. Uh, I worked in finance for a little while and made great friends there. But I, I just thought about it and I loved the people I was working with and I was very grateful for that. But then I recognized that not everyone had that experience. And I actively tried to um, seek new friendship uh, because on a personal basis, I, I knew I grew a lot by meeting new people. I learned more about the world and others, but also learned more about myself. And through that process, I I realized making them at work, there's always an ulterior motive or an agenda, sort of networking to advance your career or something like this. So it's not like those friends you make in the first year of university or school where there's no agenda. It's just you, them, and 
you're just having a good time. And I think people crave that even when they're 30, 40. And um, so I, you know, I looked out for solutions and um, there's meetup. I think there's a sort of interest oriented groups. And I was like, brilliant. What's my passion? And to be frank, Garrett, I'm not sure I, um, I could say I have one specific passion. So I joined, you know, I, I had a look at what options there were and, you know, I'll give you a hypothetical. Imagine I love table tennis and I went to my local table tennis club once a month, every month, and there's 50 people there. Um, do you think I would make great lifelong friends with all 50 of them? You know, probably not. Okay. Some subset of them. Right. Uh, and I think most people would agree like two, three, five of them, if I'm lucky. So what is it about these people that I get on with so well? It's something about their characteristics and traits or something a bit deeper beyond our love for table tennis. And so more I think about that, I think that's the truth. I think we make friends with people based on who they are, not what they do. And then I, I looked for other products, like um, there are other products out there which employ a very Tinder uh, feeling, sort of swiping left and right on uh, men in your area. So I got on one of them and had a look and, you know, 85% of the screen real estate is their face and I'm swiping left and right on them. It's a interesting experience when trying to make friends um, because I don't know about you and I think for most people, you definitely don't make friends based on their face, right? It's something a little bit more deeper than that. Um, and so there's like this whole feeling of rejection when they don't, you know, swipe back and all these other things and it's just a, a weird thing to judge a person by their face to make a friend. So it didn't work for me. Um, and then I, I sort of looked more and more and I, I did more research and I realized that in the UK, um, one in five millennials have zero friends. 60% of millennials in the UK identify as lonely. And these numbers are getting worse year on year. And I couldn't fathom why, or it's 2020. I thought there's a solution for everything naively and so it's sort of inspired through finding a problem and uh suffering from it and then trying to build a solution and speaking to lots and lots of people that's definitely half the process i i completely relate to that i have a very similar story in terms of really what inspired me to get started on this project and it's really just inspiring to hear someone else and, you know, we live across an entire ocean who have experienced, you know, a very similar reaction to loneliness and, you know, just kind of seeking a, a deeper connection with people. Yeah. And when you're talking about meetup um, and even the sort of like dating app versions of making friends, that just, it just feels so strange and also it doesn't quite solve the problem because it it's still sort of shallow. I hear you. I hear you. So um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about sort of those statistics that you shared. Uh, one in five millennials have no friends. 60% of millennials are lonely. Um, what would you, what sort of advice would you give to those people who might not, because I think even sort of that 60%, there might be still people in that 40% who think they're not lonely 
but really are. Um, what sort of self-reflection do you think is needed to sort of recognize uh, loneliness and then to go out and seek a deeper connection? I think it's, it's, it's exactly why we're having this conversation today. Uh, it needs to be spoken about more. I think that simple fact of awareness is where it starts. Um, and like you said, the 40% may, you know, still have more to, to gain in their social lives. Um, so may not suffer from it so painfully or deeply, but, you know, definitely can thrive uh, even more. And um, this concept, especially around masculinity and, and male loneliness, um, as you sort of so brilliantly write about and talk about, is, um, you know, ex- especially prevalent that it's difficult to admit that you're lonely. Um, and, you know, it gets thrown in with a bunch of different other mental health problems as well. Uh, it's, it's quite difficult to admit them to begin with. And I think the conversation begins and starts around people talking about it more and making friendship a priority again. Um, You know, you just have to go back two, three, five hundred years to realize that it was, it's a new problem for humanity. Uh, Two, three, five hundred years ago, when you're so village and town centric and oriented um, that you probably, you know, got so fed up of someone uh, knowing all the gossip in the town or always over your shoulder um, but ever since we've started to urbanize and go online and um, sort of scale our friendships, if you will, you know, like Dunbar's number of 150, uh, Mark Zuckerberg famously said that he could even scale that as well, um, that we could have more friends to the same depth. And what you find is that the more densely populated an area becomes, the more isolated it becomes and less intimate it becomes. And those numbers, you know, firstly, to admit you're lonely is, is the first problem um, and step. But I think it's not a matter of like, it's a problem. It's not a problem. It's just a, it's a circumstance you find yourself in and you find just, you, you just walk yourself out of it uh, by finding an appropriate solution, which I'll come on to in a moment. Um, and what causes loneliness? It's people are busy. Okay, time is, is one thing. Uh, people may not put the conscious or conscious time or energy into uh, nurturing the ones they have or building new ones. Um, But also I think there's a lack of forum. I think this year has been a real pivotal year for that. I think coronavirus has really highlighted and exacerbated and transformed people's mindset when it comes to uh, their social lives. I think suddenly you realize that you absolutely miss them and love them when you're locked in your room and you can't meet them. Um, Same family really. And You've got millions of people working from home now. So that chitter-chatter over the water cooler or to and from work from the entrance or talking about how someone's kids over lunch, uh, all these conversations have vanished and you kind of need a reason to uh, Zoom call someone and it's often about work. And you got, imagine joining university um, or college in September and fall this year remotely. Uh, I think that would be extremely challenging to make your lifelong friends uh, remotely like that. And so not only is now a pivotal time to talk about it and the reason probably why it spiked, um, but these numbers predated COVID and have been around for a few years. The cause of it are, you know, I don't have all the answers, I'm not sure, but I, I definitely know it's there. And the solution to which is, I think, 
learning more about yourself. I think introspection is where it starts um, and sort of recognizing, like I say, you, there is a problem and what the cause of it is, is the lack of that sense of belonging. There's a common misnomer when it comes to this that you can be in a room full of people and still feel lonely. And the loneliness is a, is a very subjective uh, feeling. It's a perspective, perhaps. And then you eventually start talking about it with the people you do trust and you care about and you open up to them. And by doing so, you develop stronger bonds with the people you do open up to with. Um, and then you start talking, you know, people are people are generally good in this world and they may introduce you to their friendship groups and open the doors to other people that you may want to speak to. And once you start talking about it, people can help. And on the other hand, if you're genuinely trying to meet new people who you really click with, there are many things coming and popping up online uh, that can help with that. And we hope to be part of that solution as well. One of the brilliant things that I think you do with Serendip is that you do a really good job of destigmatizing loneliness. I remember when I was a kid, the idea of loneliness was always just sort of the the kid in school who sat in lunch by themselves uh, or who who played by themselves, who didn't have friends. And as we get older, sort of, we have manifested that idea of what loneliness is. And it's hard to really accept that because you have been telling yourself like what loneliness is for so long. And I think what you have done with this platform is really change the conversation around loneliness. So I, I think that's just brilliant. And I want to thank you for that. Garrett, I want to thank you as well. I think uh, I appreciate that. And um, I, like we said at the beginning, our missions are so aligned. Um, it's uncanny. And you're very much doing the same thing, really, you know, redefining the rhetoric and stigma around loneliness, and especially male loneliness, because it can be more uh, sensitive. Um, and even just the act of talking about it more uh, openly uh, does leaps and bounds for it, for sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, so as we have, as I mentioned earlier, um, you live in England and I, I'm curious to sort of hear the perspective of what, how do you see masculinity and how do you see it changing um, over since you've been growing up? Have you noticed any changes? Yeah. Um, you know, on that difference across the pond, I think what we share across the pond firstly is um, this idea that loneliness affects the elderly. And when people, when you, you know, you said you were growing up and you had this idea of what loneliness looked like, um, I always associated it with someone uh, rocking in a chair who's like 80 years old watching TV, um, would you believe? And after research only did I realize that actually millennials are the, the people who suffer from it most, to my surprise. But then slowly as I read more and, and as people will read more, it becomes um, self-evident and it becomes somewhat understandable, uh, unfortunately. Um, in terms of the, the differences across the pond, I have to say I've never been uh, to the USA and I really hope to, especially with this mission and, and take it over there. Um, but what I recognize in London as we're growing up is the conversation around 
being a man, uh, masculinity and general mental health trends have all opened up uh, in the positive trend. I, I think it's been slow and I think it's been accelerating over the last five years, but it's been in the right direction. And, you know, you had your typical archetype in your head of what a man looked like, a woman looked like. I think so many of those stereotypes are being overturned and sort of burnt, um, rightly. So you get movements uh, through social media. And this is why I'm so grateful for social media is good ideas spread like wildfire. Um, so can bad ones, but the good ones can have a good reach at the same time. So you, you saw it this year with Black Lives Matter. Uh, something that hurts so many people uh, got spread so quickly around the world uh, and it caused real change. And not only it caused institutional change, but it caused psychological changes in people and how they view uh, black people. And I think the same is being done with men and mental health. Uh, masculinity, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be sensitive. I think these things are happening. And you can look at other products in the market, like, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of, like meditation products, like Headspace and Calm. Again, what these global mediums are allowing us to do and allow them to do is, is redefine the rhetoric around keeping in touch with yourself. You know, to, to meditate uh, five, 10 years ago was seen as woo-woo or hippie or uh, Eastern or, you know, something like this. But now it's, it's modern, it's cool, it's sleek. Um, and I think the conversations around that is what's changed it. The act itself is, is preserved and is, is held its place over time. But the conversation around it uh, has changed. And, and now it's made it modern, sleek, and, and actually um, aspirational. And that, that's exactly what we need to do with masculinity, loneliness, and all mental health trends. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the meditation and sort of how we have changed our perspective. I'm a huge Headspace fan. Mm. Uh, absolutely love it. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Um, so one of the things that I think is really interesting, especially in terms of sort of the ideas and how they spread through social media is with masculinity, um, how, how for so long – uh, I always like to to reference this idea that the conversations around feminism and what it means to be a woman have been going on for so long, and men have kind of just not had that conversation um, because times have changed and what it means to be a man should be different. And I'm just kind of curious. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, uh, but one of the things that we like to do is talk about what are the when we're talking about masculinity, so often the conversation is about the, the negatives, uh, what you shouldn't be, uh, toxic masculinity. And I'm not a huge fan of all of that because I think there needs to be a source and a resource for people, especially for men, that says, well, here are the qualities you should be striving for. Hmm. So I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm sorry. Uh, but what do you think are some of those qualities that men should be striving for? I think you should be proud of who you are. Um, and love yourself, I think for sure. Uh, and I think, I mean, I, I, I reckon anyone, uh, that would be, I mean, that'd be great for anyone, but especially men in this day and age where proud about yourself enough that you're able to talk to others about your problems. 
And that takes courage, um, but it also takes a sense of being proud of what you're, you've already done, gratitude on what you have achieved, um, to be open enough to and have enough courage to talk about um, the problems you do have. Because I think it's it's it should be seen as uh, cool to be sensitive. It should be cool, uh, seen as cool to uh, be vulnerable. Because I think the net effect over time is extremely positive. It will help uh, how courageous you are. It will help how proud you are. It will help how um, good you are at executing whatever task you would like to perform or network in any circle you'd like to be part of. If you're able to talk about these problems that you may have typically suffered alone in your own head. So, you know, if you, if you saw a film, uh, a Hollywood film, that men were sort of openly talking about problems with each other instead of sort of like grunting over a beer or something. Um, <laughs> that I think would make those sort of idols uh, and figures and icons for people to look up to uh, and make that the new standard, not the sort of thing where steel cold has no emotion uh, because we all do. And it's very confusing for a, a man growing up today to look up to what they believe to be a man and feeling something very contrary to it. So not only is that, so basically redefining, um, popularizing all these other elements that are not popularized. So sensitive, opening up about problems, being vulnerable. And that's so much what we try to do in our product at the same time, no matter what gender you are, no matter what race you are, no matter what social class you are, we encourage everyone to be vulnerable. Actually, number one, that's what we encourage because there's a sense of mystery and intrigue around it, but also tremendous growth. If you're able to be vulnerable with the people you trust, um, it can really do you great things in the future. I love the fact that you use the word courage. Um, something that I have really honed in on over the last couple of weeks is after doing a series of different interviews and talking with some of these leading ex experts and men in the psychology of masculinity, I've realized that a lot can change if we focus on these sort of three C's, uh, community, communication, and courage. And I think Serendip hits all three of those really important qualities that can help influence change for not just men, but for human beings in general. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we'll be way more conscious about um, in the future when we're designing the product because, you know, we're, we're an early stage product and we hope to have, a, I mean, we're, we're massively ambitious internally um, and we do believe we have the potential to be the saving grace for so many people. Um, and we want to do it the right way. We want to optimize for the right things. It's too easy in a technology product to optimize for the wrong thing. I, I don't think Kevin Systrom um, intended for any of the negative consequences that Instagram has had, nor Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook. But I think by accident and therefore by design, uh, when you have the like count on your photo and a follower count on your profile, over time, the, the user base, uh, they're intelligent and they optimize for what's well incentivized. And getting more followers and getting more likes is what is well incentivized. So unfortunately, over time, you get this sort of clickbait 
culture and sort of uh, best life feelings. Um, and so it's so key for us to take these learnings and, and put it into our product from day one and optimize for vulnerability, optimize for openness, deep conversation, uh, and ultimately deep, meaningful friendship. No, not acquaintances, not superficial, uh, but deep, meaningful friendship. And I think that's when you're talking about it in Dudefluencer, I think you do so much of that. When you, It's about redefining rhetoric around it, making people more aware of it, and then building products and solutions that have that in mind and are conscious about it. Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, and I, I really want anyone listening to go and check out Serendip. Uh, where can people get the app, find more information, uh, and get started? So you, it's available um, in all countries worldwide. And we can find our, you can find us on your iPhone, uh, on the Apple App Store, on your iOS device, or on your Google Play Store on your Android device. Uh, alternatively, if you want to read more about us, um, and you can just search in Serendip, uh, S-E-R-E-N-D-I-P, into the search bar and you'll find it. Um, otherwise, if you want to learn more about us, you can go to our website, serendip.co. Thank you so much. I want to thank you not only for, for speaking with me today, but I also want to thank you for everything you're doing to help with loneliness and to help people find other people and build connections. I think that is just such a beautiful sentiment and incredible mission. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Garrett. I appreciate it. Um, And I want to thank you and I'm very grateful for you uh, to have us on today and for the work you do. Um, You know, the more I read about you and your influencer and your own personal story, uh, it's really inspiring. So I think it takes courage to put that out there. And I think you're you're making waves by doing it. So I appreciate it. Huge thank you again to Ronick and everyone at Serendip. If you want information about Serendip, just go to serendip.co. The links are below in the show notes. Uh, it's available on iOS. It's on Android. Definitely check it out when you get a chance. Also, if you haven't yet, Go to dudefluencer.com. Sign up for the Become a Dudefluencer project. I guarantee you it can change your life. We're going to have so many cool opportunities and I can't wait to share them with you. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a great night.